to Cinebabble episode 46. I am your host, Ken, and as always, my co-host, Clint, sits across the table from me. Clint, how are you doing? I'm great, Ken. I'm I'm, here with you. That's wonderful for me. I'm so happy to hear that because, Clint, I am really sad this week. My childhood's dying, Clint. (laughs) Uh, Before, Betty White oh, died. Yeah. Bob Saget yeah. just died. Uh, Sidney Poitier, uh, who shouldn't mean much to me, but there's this little flick called Sneakers with Robert Redford. Yeah. Watched that thing way too many times when I was a kid. <laughs> All these people. It started with Carrie Fisher. How was that two years ago? Three years? Something four like, years? Might have been like, <sighs> yeah. It's it's new in my heart every day. And so I can't tell how long it's been. I just, I grieve. Uh, but now it's just, it's I'm one really after sorry the other. for you. I'm, I, it's, I'm sorry. It's, it's starting to encroach in, death is, on <laughs> actors that I care about. Yeah. Uh, once upon a time, it was just actors that, you know, maybe I, I would recognize by, hey, you know, yeah, those were in my mom's movies or mm-hmm. something. But now... It's all your 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 it friends, hurts, your movie friends. It's all... my movie friends. Yeah. Right now, it's it's my you know just that that corner of like Danny Tanner. It yeah. Was, you know Bob Saget was TV dad for how many years? And I don't really know all the um, uh, information around his death, but you, I would have suspected maybe it could have been a very seedy death for him. I would think the same thing, but they're saying it's not. Yeah, but it's just for some reason I I could imagine it. I also thought Bob Saget had a big cocaine problem, and then I found out, no, there was just a roast on Comedy Central, and that was uh, a lot of the jokes. It was about how he was a a cokehead. Okay. And apparently I had just absorbed that information as as true, and uh, I I don't think it is. Yeah, there's no reason for me to think that, but just, you know, like TV dad, you just kind of picture it. Yeah. Maybe I'm going off like BoJack Horseman. I don't know. So so <laughs> I, I need you to cheer me up this week, Clint. What you been watching about? Oh, Ken, you know, I'm I'm stuck in the house like everyone else, trying to stay safe. So I've been watching Trying to hide from yeah from I mean, Omicron, which sounds like a Transformers villain. Yeah, I mean um, a, well that new variant they're talking about, even really that really sounds like <laughs> Um, one, but yeah, so yeah. I'm trying to stay safe and stay inside, and but that's not really out of the or- ordinary for me. I like yeah. like the indoors, so yeah. I've been watching a lot of stuff. Um, the first thing I watched, which you may have noticed on your Amazon account, and you're like, huh, I didn't watch that, but uh, uh I watched a little movie called Minari, which came out. Like, oh, oh, uh, with uh, what's Steven his name Yen. from Burning? Yeah, I don't, I always forget his name, but yeah, yeah, <laughs> he was up for it was up for Best Picture, and, and yeah, some it, other it things. won a, it won a bunch of stuff when huh. it came out. This is like last year. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just this Korean American family who are trying to find the American dream. Um, they start a little farm in Arkansas. They move there from California. Not a great place for Koreans to to find the American dream. Arkansas. <laughs> well, that's one of the things uh, I wanted to bring up about the movie that okay. I really liked. That they the um, community community that they move into is like very welcoming, really? and there's like they're, they're very like low key on the anti um, Korean race okay. um, there's a it's a very welcoming community there's um and I, I mean it, it's I think it's based off of the director's like childhood or okay. um, true life events but um maybe I'm making that up who knows but it, I really like that about it it was a very a, a very like peaceful movie and hmm. all the little little moments of like uh 
of race relation things going on in the movie was um, very low key and almost innocent in a way. Okay. Um, and it was kind of through the children of like, like there's a moment where they go to a church and there's this boy just staring at the, the son and like he, he asks him like, uh, like he's very angry face and looks like he's like, I hate you. But he like, he asks like, why is your face so flat? And he says, oh, it's not. And he's like, Oh, okay. Hi, I'm what's my Peter or whatever. And then they're like good friends. And it's just like okay. it was kind of like a childhood thing of like, I don't I you're new to me and I don't understand, but like I don't really have any ill feelings okay. and feelings towards you. So it was it was very nice in that okay. way. And it was just um like beautifully shot and um just a pleasant little movie. Okay. I, I highly recommend it. All right. Um, not much to say about it other than that. I, I, I really enjoyed it. Okay. Um, the next thing I've been watching, I've been watching this for a few weeks now. I haven't brought it up, but there's this new series. Well, it's coming to the end now on um, HBO Max called uh, Station Eleven. Mm. Ha- um, have you seen it? It's anything? been recommended to me. I haven't started it. Yeah, it's really good. Um, I've been really enjoying it. What's the what's the basic kind of bare bones plot of it? Basically, it's kind of like a flu takes over the world and what? It, yeah, I don't know if I can believe this. Clint. I know it's it's that's it's not grasping. how viruses dr- work. <laughs> <laughs> and wipes out most of humanity, Ooh. and um, it's about the survivors. Okay. Um, but it's created by Patrick Somerville, who was a writer on Leftovers, mm-hmm. and he wrote Maniac. Oh, okay. Have you ever watched that show, I Maniac? I love I that show. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it has kind of that tone a little bit. Like, okay. kind of Leftovers feel where, um, you know, the event doesn't really matter that much. Mm-hmm. It's it's an interesting event, but, but it's more about the survivors and the people, who, like, in the Leftovers who were left behind. Mm-hmm. But this one is about how... Um, the survivors kind of pick up the pieces and what they make out of this new world. And it has this really cool undertone and um, of like how art matters at that point. Because the main character, she is like afterwards, 20 years down the line, she is part of this thing called the um, traveling uh, symphony. And they go and do plays and like they just. Is that the actress from Halt and Catch Fire? Yeah. Okay. Uh, McKenna. Yep. Um, I yeah. can't remember her Mackenzie name. Davis. Oh, not McKenna. Mackenzie no. Davis. <laughs> okay. And yeah, and it has a Himesh Patel from um, that movie Yesterday that we had. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And um, man, it's a great cast. Like okay. everyone, like the children who are like play the younger versions of, um, of Mackenzie, like she's great. Um, it's very character centric. Okay. But what they do with the like flu apocalyptic world is, is interesting and different. And um, it's not real, I mean, it's a little bit dire, but it's more like how we pick up the pieces and what we do with it and what do we bring with us from the past? Mm-hmm. Um, like what is worth keeping and what's worth like maybe we can do something. Uh, new and interesting and hmm. better with what we're we're kind of dealt. Okay. Um, uh, it's it's great. I I, I don't know. Um, Do these people recognize there's a real virus around? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it would well, be a stupid question, but 
the, it's not they anymore. had the benefit of it was a very fast moving flu right this is like so there was undeniable we have a lot of time on our hands right. to just like come up with stupid conspiracy theories there's this guy from Missouri <laughs> named Chuck who is convinced that nobody has died I don't know anybody that's got the virus and they're like any of those kind of people nobody's eating like horse tranquilizers okay. or whatever the, the, the reason I asked the former mayor of our wonderful town mm-hmm. uh, was just on Facebook the other day, okay. uh, yesterday, I think, when the hospital had posted all the crazy numbers and stuff. Yeah. And he goes on this this thread and posts that, uh, well, there's something wrong with these numbers because I personally don't know anyone that has COVID right now. <laughs> and I'm sitting at home thinking, how? How can you possibly not know somebody seriously that has COVID right now unless you're just obstinate or or completely ignorant or to- Or have no friends, nobody wants to be- No <laughs> social circle whatsoever, or people that are just so determined to deny the existence of COVID, they're just like, everybody's got a cold right now. And man, that cold's sending a lot of people to our hospital. Wild. All right. So Minari and... Uh, Station 11. Station 11. I think you would really enjoy Station 11. Okay. It's really good. Okay. Yeah. So what you've been watching? Oh my goodness, Clint. I have <laughs> had two exposures in the last two weeks. And so we had to quarantine here and I haven't Test positive or anything. Exposing yourself. You've been exposed. No, I have been exposed to the real virus that we're dealing with. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, so we just stayed home, stay safe, didn't want to pass it to other people. Uh, But man, I have logged quite a list of things I've been watching. Uh, So I'll just kind of bullet point these. I won't spend a lot of time on too many of them. Okay. Uh, The first one is on Amazon right now. It's an Amazon original called Being the Ricardos, which stars Nicole Kidman as Lucille Ball and Javier Bardem. Dim as Ricky Ricardo, mm-hmm. and uh, it was it was actually uh, decent. I have little to no interest in these <laughs> humans in this story. Uh, you didn't it, like I Love Love Lucy when I was a little kid, but yeah. it's not like I have some giant soft spot for it or anything. Um, it was black and white, so in my little kid mind, it it didn't have as much value mm. to me. It was automatically old. Um, but but it's it's a it's a pretty good story. Uh, it's just a little slice of life during kind of uh, table reads where they're preparing for an episode, and this is right at the time that um, news was coming out that Lucille Ball might be a communist. Yeah, and so it's it's sort of kind of the the fervor and the upheaval around that, and what happens behind the scenes of the show. Because at the time, you know, that's a that would be a killer. It would mm-hmm. it would completely kill the show. Um, it was pretty good. Uh, I didn't. Um, what's his name? Write or direct it? Um, uh, Aaron Sorkin. Yeah, Aaron Sorkin. Yep. Yeah. Second thing I watched was Old Henry. Have you seen this? I have not. Okay, Old no. Henry's a solid western. Yeah. Now I do need to warn you: this is not Power of the Dog. Mm-hmm. It is not going to you know eat away into your your cortex and and consume your brain for a couple of days. Okay. Uh, but it's just a really good. Western in the vein of of Unforgiven, where there's this this kind of um, uh, you know long retired gunslinger. Mm-hmm. You don't know that at first, but you know that he's more than just a farmer. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's it's just a simple plot, but it's it's really well done. Gets a little overwritten at the end. Uh, because there are two endings, and there really should have just been one, but it adds one last little that it didn't like need. Like the movie ended, there's credits, and they're like, nope, we're going to try this again. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> okay. It's just, you know, after everything is resolved, there's one last little stinger 
a little plot twist that that just wasn't necessary mm-hmm. to me. But a uh, really good movie. It's um, what's his face from uh, Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Yeah, um, I know. Yeah, uh, Blake Nelson, Timothy. Timothy like nails nails him. Nails him. Yeah. I went into his uh, accent for he's a fantastic in it. Yeah, he's always great. Um and uh it's just it's it's a solid movie. It could have used uh his son, uh I think that would have been a little better as Cody Smith McPhee. Yeah. But uh I kid, uh that kid did fine. But other than that, uh, it was it was a really good western. Uh, then I watched, uh, kind of plowed through the Witcher season two, uh-huh. which I found much better than the Witcher season one. Yeah. Uh, it was chronological. It was straightforward. <laughs> I understood get, the story. You didn't get through halfway through and realize, oh, that was all in the past. Nope. nope. <laughs> I didn't have to completely reorient and, yeah. and realize that this is telling two different stories. Uh, you know, it's, it's still, it's still a little... I, I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. It's just, it's it's a little, whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's good. It was entertaining. I had a good time I've been, with it. It's been on my list to get to that one because I, I, I enjoyed the first season regardless of what. Just push they through did with the first it. episode yeah. because the first episode, it's not bad. It's just while I was watching it, I was just like, oh man, I'm in for it. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's, it's decent. Yeah. Um, didn't enjoy it as much as Cowboy Bebop, but Cowboy Bebop's Cowboy Bebop's canceled. So I didn't <sighs> even finish the last episode of that because I was so. At one point, one day I might finish it, but I was just like, "Whoa!" Well, it don't know. it wraps up well. It it doesn't yeah. end on a giant cliffhanger. Okay, really. I mean, you can tell it's like the last two minutes. They set up what the next season's going okay. to do. But uh, it 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 wraps up the story. Yeah. well enough, I suppose. I also watched this movie I've I've been circling for a while called Nine Lives, which is difficult to explain the plot of. I watched that too. Okay. Um, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it quite a bit. It it hit me in my sentiment center. Mm-hmm. Um it, it was it was a little too much for yeah, its own good. I agree. Uh, a little too sappy, yeah. I guess. Uh, but at the same time, if there is a Hallmark movie channel out there that has movies that I like, it looks like this. Yeah. Uh, this I'm not saying this is a Hallmark movie. I'm just saying this is as close as I can get to that kind of movie and still enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even watching it, I knew Clint's not going to like this as much as me. And you were correct. Uh, okay. Because <laughs> uh, it's just it's it's one of those things where the pancakes aren't great, but man, that syrup. I can eat that syrup. And my, that's what it did for me. Yeah, my, I I'm very a lot less sentimental than I used to be. Yeah, and so I um I had a real hard time with just the main character. Like it took forever for him to come around to. Like yeah. it's like the last scene of the of the movie where before he realizes, like what he needed to realize the whole yeah. time. Yeah. So that it was just like, come on. I was like, I don't know. It's just it's it's an interesting plot. It's it's souls essentially auditioning to be sent to Earth and be born in in a, a body, um, and uh, you know, weird as far as the philosophy and theology goes, because you know there there are these nine souls competing for this one body, and the eight souls they don't just get to try for another person. They just sort of 
disappear. Die? Yeah, go off into the void. Sure. So I don't know if there's like sub heaven for those souls or, uh, you know, anyway. Yeah. Um, But I didn't think about that much. I just enjoyed some of the performances and whatnot. I feel like that's all I thought about was that kind of stuff during it. Just the mechanics of this (laughs) system. I I guess. I I don't know. It, It didn't bother me. Then I watched this movie called Naked Singularity. Okay. And this has John Boyega from oh, okay. Last Jedi and, and Attack the Block. And it's it's about this uh, public defense attorney who uh, is a little too mouthy and happens to be at the center of both a uh, heist plot, a double, triple cross heist plot, and somehow the destruction of the universe or the unraveling of time through a singularity. I don't know. Okay. movie made no sense. Oh. Don't watch it. <laughs> Just... <laughs> It really it's it's one of those movies. I know exactly how we would have reviewed it. It's one of those you, you got to pick and you got to go for it. Yeah. It tried to do too many things and it just it didn't it didn't lean into any of them. Mm-hmm. And by the end of it I was just like why did I spend 2 hours watching this movie? Yeah. Nothing essentially happens. Mm-hmm. Uh so yeah, you can skip that one. I also watched <laughs> a little horror movie that you I love the pace that this is going. <laughs> No No, it's great. No time to breathe. That's why. (laughs) I got got a list, man. I got to get through these. I know. Uh, I watched this little horror movie called The Night House. uh, Yeah. Which which you said you had seen, Mm -hmm. uh, but you you weren't as impressed with it. No. I wanted to die because this thing just really gave me all the chills. Yeah. Now, by the time it gets to the end and you realize what's haunting and it has to kind of explain things, that took some of the wind out of it. It's not bad. It just... They have to explain so much of it that it loses that sense of mystery and and what's around yeah. the corner. Uh, but it was just it was it was a well made, uh, mildly freaky flick. My problem was I saw the trailer and I was like, one of my favorite books is this book called House of Leaves, mm-hmm. which is a super cerebral, weird Lovecraftian movie. Basically, they moved into this house and. The house is larger on the outside than the inside, or no, the inside than the outside. I got that yeah. backwards. So I was like going into this thinking, oh, is this something like this where he's like building this labyrinth of like to try to get away from this thing he's haunted by? Yeah. So my mind went to areas beyond what the movie was. Yeah. And so it had no chance of like winning me over. And so it, maybe if I rewatched it and watched it as what it sh- just is, I might have enjoyed it more. I think, you know, upon reflection, it it caught me because of how much it gave me chills. But I immediately started thinking, oh, if they had just done this or if they had done this from the time she finds kind of the drawing of the the two mirrored houses. Yeah, like I, I love thought that. We're going into different dimensions. We're doing different dream layers or we're doing, you know, some sort of surreal. Yeah. And um, I liked all the stuff they hinted at that, like yeah. hinted at that looking across the lake and there was the other house that really isn't there. And that yeah. stuff was fun, but then they didn't do that much with it. Got a little too literal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, neat and tidy. So, but it was it was still worth watching. Um, the reason I went to it, I saw somebody put it on their their best horror movies of of twenty twenty one. Yeah. Um, so I checked it out. It's pretty good. Um, then I watched, uh, have been watching over the last couple of weeks, but the finale just rolled. Uh, Dexter, the very last season, mm-hmm. and Dexter, the very last season, 
like most audience members, apparently, I have realized that it basically ends the same way the unsatisfying last season of Dexter <laughs> ended. <laughs> Not by the same plot, yeah, but that same feeling of that's it. Uh huh. And I immediately thought of a much, 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 much better last ten minutes to that to that episode. And I can't believe they didn't do it because mm-hmm. they set up all the pieces. And I really thought, man, if you pull that, wow, yeah. what a what a what a great season capper. Eh. So this is the last they're not doing anymore after this? Who knows? Yeah. He's reunited with his son, so I don't know. Maybe they can do a season with his son as a serial killer, but okay. that's not the way they end this. They end it where, you know, kind of throughout the series, the kid shows tendencies, mm-hmm. uh, but then they just sort of ignore all that in the last half hour. Okay. I really thought, you know, leading up to it, and this isn't spoiling anything because it's definitely not what happens. I thought <laughs> this series is going to end with him strapped to a table, waking up, and it's his kid got him on the table. Okay. 100% would have gone for that, and I can see a million ways they could have written it that way. No, just, you know, okay. Yeah. So anyway, I don't I don't want to spoil it or go too much into it, but you you didn't even finish the no. the series proper, no, I didn't. which is good. I um, fell off with that one. It was, you know, first four seasons are good, but then after yeah. that, it really goes downhill, and this, this didn't help much. Yeah. So um, I was satisfied after the season with John Lithgow. Okay. I'll tell you what I did watch, though, that I am 100% hooked on because I burned through three seasons of it in a week. Oh, my. HBO uh, Succession. Oh, with, God. <laughs> have you seen this? I watched like two episodes. I can't get into it. You should try harder. I hate the people. You should hate the people. They're awful people. But I don't want to sit with them for an hour if This episode. is Arrested Development if it was— Not funny? <laughs> an hour HBO drama. <laughs> <laughs> Not funny. I am so hooked on this show, and they're awful people. Yeah, and I don't, I don't like any watch of them. them. <laughs> and it, I hate that it makes me root for certain ones that I already don't like. Yeah, but there's just something about that show. Uh, it's awful people tearing apart other awful people. And so, uh, not interested. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I really like it. I, everybody, so, I know everybody really likes it. That's why I gave it a shot. Okay. And I, I had the same conversation recently with friends of mine who started it, and they're like, "Have you watched this?" And I was like, "Yeah, I can get into it." They're like, "Yeah, I don't think I like it, but I continue to watch it." <laughs> I can see that. I felt that way for half of the first season. Like, I don't think I like this show. Yeah. But I have to keep watching it. But then it really started to hook me. Um, I don't know. I don't know. It was it was good. Give it a shot. No. Nah. If there are just lots of awful people in the world around you and you would like to watch a show where it's just the same kind of awful people, but they get their just desserts, watch this show. There's too many other good things to watch. The listeners out is there. Is there? What do you mean? Of course there is. Okay. Watch Station Eleven. Let me tell you what is not another great thing to watch. The Last Duel from Ridley Scott. <laughs> Also watch this thing. Yeah. This thing is anti-Me Too Rashomon. Mm-hmm. That's the best way to sum this thing up. It It is a story told from three different perspectives and three different horrible haircuts. And it's got Matt Damon looking real hungover. <laughs> uh, as, if, as if he went to a Renaissance fair and then really just had a rough night. Yeah. Um, but it just, I could not get into this movie. And not for the reasons you and I had talked about before, why people are complaining about it. It's really not explicit. It doesn't show uh, something three different ways. I just could not tell, what is this movie trying to say? Yeah. 
about, uh, you know, assault and whether you should believe the victim or it, it got so muddy. I, I just did not enjoy this at all. Yeah. Um, it looks great. Ridley Scott knows how to make a movie look good. Mm-hmm. But I really, I can't remember the last Ridley Scott movie I really enjoyed. Yeah, me either, really. He, um, at, at least the last 10, maybe even 20 years, I just, I don't know. And maybe maybe the only thing I ever enjoyed was Alien. I'm trying to think what else he's done. So many things, but hmm. I don't know. I, don't, I know he there's a couple in there me. that I have. I'm sure there liked. are. Yeah. I'm sure there are, but the last duel is not one of them. Okay. Uh, finally, <laughs> thank God. <laughs> finally, twenty-five minutes in. Yeah. The last thing I watched is Antlers, uh, uh-huh. which is yeah, you know, just a little folk horror flick. That uh, you know, at this point in 2021, I measure everything based on is it better than Lamb or worse than Lamb. <laughs> this is better than Lamb. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> yeah. It was better than Lamb. There's not much else to recommend here. It's, you know, a decent little horror story. It doesn't need to be an hour and a half, no. And and the effects were a little janky. And Yeah. Even uh, though you like my you told me that they were practical. They are. And I still it still somehow come off came off as bad CG to me. Like I didn't believe it. I think they're CG enhanced, but I'm pretty sure it's practical. Those enhancements were bad. Well, I think they just you know, it was a lot of <laughs> my okay. green screen puppeteers cut out of my the, main the problem frame. was like uh, the tone was okay. Um, my I think video games are ruining movies. I agree with you because this has that classic thing okay, the orange glowy spot on the, the demon creature. Yep. Okay, that's where she's got a stab. fight, punch it there. Yep, also the very convenient. Uh, here's here's the exact answer. Here's all the research, and here's its weak point, and here's yep. what you need to look for, and here's yep. where you need to go after it. It's just it's all very um, manufactured, yeah, and uh, it takes the horror out of it. Because as soon as they say, "Oh, it's at its weakest here," you know exactly how the last mm-hmm. you know half hour of the movie is going to go and when it's going to happen. And eh. I don't know, movie hated kids. And so, you know, that's that's always a little edgier than than most. But other than that, <laughs> I'm sad, Clint. I'm sorry. Bob Saget and Betty White, and it's just it's getting to me. Anyway, yeah, I watched a whole bunch of stuff. Apparently, there is one more thing I watched, but I think we need to unearth. Mm-hmm. We need to exhume mm-hmm. and dig up. Uh, a segment we have not done for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I know that the Book of Boba Fett is not the Mandalorian. What, what was that? The Book of Boba Fett. <laughs> I thought you had a mild stroke for a second. <laughs> the Book of Boba Fett. Yeah. I know it's not the Mandalorian, but I think we need to bring back a little thing each week called, uh, that we'd like to call the Mandalorian Minute. Mandalorian Here's how the, the Mandalorian Bonanza. I like that. <laughs> the the Boba Bonanza. The Boba <laughs> Bobanza. <laughs> Here's how the Bobanza or the Mandalorian Minute, whatever Clint's song says, that's what this thing is called. I'm not making a new song. It's the You're Mandalorian not? Minute. Okay, Mandalorian <laughs> Minute. Uh, here's how this works. Uh, I will quickly sum up the plot, and then we get a minute to uh, discuss this thing. How did we do it before? Did we take turns and each get a minute or did 
Did I honestly did. I honestly didn't think we even stuck to the minute. I think we just <laughs> called it that and talked you know, about remember it. Remember, we had the stupid egg timer, which we were definitely not doing again. But remember, we couldn't get okay. it to work, That's and then right. I would just sit there and watch the clock and then make it bang. I do remember that. Okay. Now. High quality effects here. Yeah. I love how you get to sit there and pick an antlers, but we were sitting there with a stopwatch and an egg timer <laughs> and a microphone. That's how devoted Bing. we were to the time limit. Yeah. So, uh, have you watched the second episode of Boba Fett? Yeah, I did. Okay. Uh, This week, Boba Fett meets the now Huddle Lannisters. He starts a motorcycle club and joins a dance troupe. Uh, And the writers also continue to develop the series' best plot uh, that reveals Boba Fett's uh, uh, skin cancer. And so, uh, it's... it's I thought we were talking about a completely different show for a second. I was no. Like, Did you watch a, this last this episode? A, is this a storyline from Succession that I no. missed out on? No. He literally— It clicked after the okay. minute of thinking about he met, it. He met some creepy ancestral twins, 100% ancestral twins. That's just how uh, their race works. Then he starts a biker club. Okay. He does. And a dance troupe. He joins a dance troupe. That totally happens, all three of those the things. The biker gang robs a train. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I actually really enjoyed this, Clint. What'd you th- what'd you think of uh, Boba Fett episode two? I'm loving this show. Yeah, yeah. And I can't figure out what is ro- like. I don't like the Mandalorian. Like I like the second. Se- we never talked about the second season because mm-hmm. that was when we were in the dark. Zone. Second season is better. Yeah, it's better. Uh, still has some of the issues, but I'm wondering if it's just that. Like I'm so like. Is a surface level that I have to see the person's face. <laughs> and I, I think that's part of it. I have another theory too. And there's no Grogu. Yep. That's and my that theory. helps for sure. Yeah. And I don't know. This so much like it is definitely nailing that Western feel so much yeah. better than Mandalorian. Like I feel like that was always forced. Yeah. And this is so much more natural. And I I never really had that much love for Boba Fett. I mean, he okay, he's a cool guy in a helmet. But um, I think this is doing a great job of expanding the character and making it interesting and yeah. making the, the Western Star Wars world feel, um, I don't know, in a much more natural way than Mandalorian. I, I'm mm-hmm. really enjoying it. I, I, I like the new characters they're introducing. Yeah. Did you know this episode was only 35 minutes long? Because it feels so much longer. The second one. I can't believe. Not. Yeah, it is. Because uh, I even checked it because at the end of it, I was like, oh man, they upped that one to an hour. Nope, it was 38 minutes with credits. But it um, says on the thing it's like 50. Maybe I'm totally wrong. The first one's I thought like 30. I, I thought I checked the second one. It was no, short I too. knew I was excited because that was one of my criticisms is that I wish they were still longer. Okay. Because, um, well, the first one definitely because like I feel like they're like I wish they were doing more with the present day stuff. Like mm-hmm. the, I feel like they do a little bit with that, and then it's mainly in in the past, which I, I enjoy the past stuff. I wonder how much that's going to switch. Yeah, I think I feel like that's me and my brother had that conversation. Yeah, I think I, it's going to like flip at yeah, some point. Yeah, but then I was excited because the second episode is yeah, it's like ten minutes longer or something. Yeah, no, I'm I'm definitely enjoying it. It's fun. And it's it's just corny enough in the Star Wars kind of way where it's it's got those retro vibes to it. Oh yeah, they they yeah. completely work for me. I love how much uh, attention to detail they put into the practicality of mm-hmm. things. 
um, you know, the prosthetics and the mask work and the the little the the droids and the creatures and stuff like that. Uh, they're they're using CG very sparingly. And I think I think well. I yeah, I love that. Even like the things that are definitely CGI as far as create a creature effects and stuff, they're they're making it look like yeah. the practical um, effects in a, a really natural way. Um, I really loved on this episode the train conductor robot thing, yeah. like that engine, like yeah. that was awesome. Like you could tell that was very practical, and yeah. I just liked how he was moving around. And yeah. I also loved. I'm really excited to see what they do with this new Wookie character. So that yeah. Wookie, uh, his name is uh, of Black Karistan or something mm-hmm. like that. He's from the comics, oh, uh, and okay. so Boba Fett has history with him before he went into the Sarlacc pit. Mm. And uh, that nice little scar above the Wookiee's eye, I don't know if you noticed that, that's from Obi-Wan. And so word on the street is that same Wookiee bounty hunter is going to show up in the Obi-Wan series, Mm. get that scar, uh, because it takes place before the Boba Fett series. Mm. But uh, great character. Um, I won't go into his backstory because I I I don't care. No, you do. (laughs) It's a cool backstory. I just Uh, like how he looks. uh, Yeah, yeah. I, I think they'll go into it on the show, so it's cool. That's cool. Yeah, I, I'm enjoying it. Yeah, awesome. I, I am also enjoying it. I, Until Grogu shows up and I'm out. I, I really, that's my theory. I, th- I think Mandalorian is not clicking for me as much because of Grogu. And I really hope now that uh, Luke took him at the end of season two, I hope season three of The Mandalorian is just give me more Ahsoka, give me more mm-hmm. Mando out doing you know, bounty hunter mercenary things. Um and I, they will probably find a way to bring Grogu back, but I really could care less about. I was never a huge fan. Did you ever watch Lone Wolf and Cub? Oh, uh, the 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 old show, the yeah. movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I did. I actually liked those. Oh, did you? Yeah. I, I was never a huge fan of those. I always okay. felt like the the little kid was such a hindrance because I just wanted I wanted this guy to to go out and have his own story and all of this. <laughs> And I feel the same thing I, about it, Mando and Grogu. I just recently watched those, and it works way better in that okay. than Mandalorian. Right. I did enjoy the second season of Mandalorian better. Yeah. but yeah. All right. Well, this has been the return of Mandalorian six minutes. So <laughs> pretty sure this was not Sue a Mandalorian us. minute. Well, we'll bring back the egg timer maybe. Oh, come it on, never Clint. worked. Clint, technology has advanced. Okay? COVID has that that's what we focused on these last two years is egg timer technology. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we're where we are currently. All right, two well. years in, we're still. <laughs> but no, we can make that egg so accurate. Yep, yep. It's just it's the future, Clint. <laughs> Today, we are reviewing three films, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife, which is now available digitally, uh, still in theaters, and it'll be coming out on Blu-ray here pretty soon, uh, No Time to Die, which is the latest and last Daniel Craig James Bond, and then he'll our- He'll be back. Do you think he'll be back? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I thought you were serious. Uh, I was like, he's pretty clearly not going to be back. And then, because the actor has said so. <laughs> You can't trust actors. I know. And then our Cinetron pick, uh, Mads Mikkelsen in Arctic, 
little survival thriller. But let's start with Ghostbusters Afterlife, nostalgia in a bag. When a single mother and her two children move to a new town, they soon discover they have a connection to the original Ghostbusters and the secret legacy their grandfather Egon left behind. Clint, what did you think of Jason Reitman's Ghostbusters Afterlife? Well, you already said it, nostalgia in a bag, and that's all it is. <laughs> it's, it's not all <laughs> yes, I it is. fight you, Clint. I did not care for this movie oh, at Clint, all. Oh, no, really? It's nostalgia for Ghostbusters. It's nostalgia for Spielbergian movies. That's like it's pulling from so many angles. I, I didn't like it. I didn't think it was funny. The uh, kids I'm weren't for the bad news because <laughs> everything you're saying, I'm the kids just buying. Were, the kids weren't funny. It was like it, they were the little girl and her crappy jokes. Can you call me podcast the rest of this episode because I like the podcast? That kid is funny. No, he is not. Yes, he wants to be us when he grows up, Clint. He's also recording his podcast to cassette tape. Why would he do that? (laughs) I didn't notice that. Because some movie guy making is like, no, it would look better if he had a um, cassette recorder in his bag instead of uh, How dare you criticize a little podcast? (laughs) Okay? As an up-and-comer in our industry, Clint— I go on, go on. I'm whatever. I it, it was whatever. It's an unoffensive movie. Like I, I Paul read this is when I was going like before this movie came out. I saw the trailer and my brother to my brother. I was talking to him and I was like, you know what that movie is going to be? It's going to be Paul Rudd being Paul Rudd and it's going to be some bad CGI ghosts. And that's exactly what it was. <laughs> I I I just didn't, I didn't care for it that much. So what did you think? I think you're wrong, Clint. <laughs> That's Fine. what I think. I love this movie. Now I love. Would, I, I did. I really genuinely love. Okay, love this movie, uh, and not in the Candyman way where I reconsider later. Yeah, that maybe that word was used a little too strongly. <laughs> I, I I genuinely uh, enjoyed this movie. Laughed. Um, I went with uh, you know two people who also laughed quite a bit at it. Uh, my son was there. That always helps. Uh, but I just, I, I don't know. This was this was my flavor of nostalgia. It was, um, it didn't. But, but it's not nostalgic for Ghostbusters. It's nostalgic for Spielberg movies. Yes. So. Yes. I agree with you. It missed the mark then. Did it? Yeah. It's It's a. I would I would disagree because Ghostbusters. So it comes out. Ghostbusters is not Spielbergian. No, but it comes out in the eighties. Okay, and it comes out. Reaganomics, blue collar workers. It 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 is this. Don't go down your political. I'm not. <laughs> no, I'm just saying it is a satire of uh, kind of the the white collar class trying to keep the blue collar class down, and the blue collar class showing that they have something that that. They contribute. They are necessary. That's what that whole movie is. And it's great, and I love it, and it's funny. That's not relevant anymore. And I don't know how you would reboot that with new characters from that kind of angle without it feeling just out of place. Uh, and, you know, it, it, it could have, I guess, gone with the older characters, but one of them is dead. Um I think honestly, they sh- there's no point to do this movie again. I don't really? think the audience really care. Like, if they care, they'll go back and rewatch those movies. Does is anybody mm. really wanting Ghostbusters? 
I didn't know I wanted Ghostbusters until I watched this, and this I do want this movie. I'm the, glad it exists. <laughs> but if you really want it, then just watch the first one again because the second half of this movie yes, is— but I want to know where they are now, Clint. They don't even explain that. I get it at the end. You don't know where they are. They just Close show enough. up. They just show up. There's no like in going into where they've been this entire time or what they've you, been doing. Yeah, you get the we, point. What? Oh, they were just being old men somewhere. Yes, that's what old men do. <laughs> old they, men go and be old men. But I could imagine that. I didn't need to see a a movie about some kids and then they show me them at ten. Like at this wasn't five minutes a movie to the about end. some kids. This was a movie about a little outcast girl. <laughs> Who has, you know, just through resiliency of will uh, and determination, carved her own path. And, it, you know, her mother's working through issues of abandonment. And they come to realize that, shut up, Clint. <laughs> okay. I feel like all the things you're saying are a bunch of other Spielberg movies. Yes. I don't care that this was Spielbergy. I loved it. It just, it was warm. It was a, it was a, it's just, mm. But I but I'm going into it wanting a Ghostbusters movie, which I'm not going to get because for me, what's re- like I like about the Ghostbuster movies is just those four guys. So, and I know I'm not going to get that again. So I'll right. just go back and rewatch those. Right, you can they're, still do that. Yeah, I know, but they're not going to capture. That's what makes those movies so good, though. It makes one of those movies good. No, the second one, I I had never seen that and rewatched it. It is considerably better than this one. And and it's not that much worse than the sec- the first one. It's there. I'd have to watch it again. I don't it know really isn't that bad. Like people crap on that movie, but it's not a bad movie. Okay. Bill Murray is still really funny in it. Okay. They at least try to do something different with the plot from the first. This movie is everything that's wrong with ninety percent of remakes or sequels. That's what this one does. It does the exact Man. same plot points. As the first movie, that's the, all the second half of the sort of no, it is sort of rewatch the first one. This it's, is not Matrix Resurrections. Rewatch okay. the first Ghostbusters movie. That's right. the second half of this movie is all the entire plot of the first Ghostbusters. It is finishing the unfinished. <laughs> it is the second generation taking care of what the first generation left unresolved. But they in the first one they never is hint that they've unresolved they it. They just shove her they, back through a door. <laughs> they just just there you go. They close the gate. Sure. Well, there's lots of gates, Clint. They make that clear in this movie. I don't know. This this just uh, it just it, it warmed. It was it was a nice Christmas, uh, <laughs> you know, snow falling outside, I'm, fireplace going, and and just. I'm honestly much more worked up than I really care about this movie just because of the fact that you liked it so much. Sorry. It's okay. I really didn't care. Sorry. I was just like, oh, it was whatever. Yeah. It was whatever. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to add this to the list of movies in the vein of Marvel that I am desperately trying to figure out what happened to you, Clint? Where where did that joy go? And I'm going to I'm going to crack that code at some point. I really am. I don't know. Tell me some more things you liked about it, because I feel like I just dominated I everything it. about that. It just I, I literally enjoyed this entire movie. You thought it was funny. Um, I really did. We were laughing out loud. The okay. whole theater was. At podcast. I, at podcast was hilarious. I love that little and kid. Bill, okay. <laughs> Paul Rudd being 
Paul Rudd. Paul Rudd felt a little Paul Ruddy. I'll I'll give you that. He felt a little forced and um, didn't need to be there. Uh, I, I I get that. Um, one of, okay, one of my other pet peeves of some. There's been some other movies that have done it too. Um, the It for one, where they want to have the Stranger Things like we're going to have that throwback Stranger Things feel. Mm-hmm. So. They can't even imagine past, like, they, they got to get one of those kids. Yeah. Because they have in their mind that it's not going to work if we don't have one of those there's, kids <laughs> from Stranger only, Things. There's only so many good child actors out there. I think there's more than just are, those four or five. <laughs> I don't know because they're not getting work. So maybe there is. I don't know. The What's her name? The girl. She's not from Stranger Things. and She's good. Yeah, she's so very then good. There's multiple children out there I, better than <laughs> I understand this world has multiple child actors to offer. <laughs> really down the rabbit hole here, Clint. Sorry. That's okay. It's I, what I've been thinking about I'm, since I watched this. I'm not shocked that you find it. I thought you would just be like, it was it was it was fun. It was fun. It was, it was harmless. It was good. I thought I thought you'd be in that mode. I did not expect you to to scowl. <laughs> I honestly time. was in that mode after a while. I was like, it's whatever. I don't know why Kenny loves it so much. Then I rewatched <laughs> the first two and I was like, oh, then I, I just, my mind went into, I, this is, no, this is bad. I, I like have it. two speeds and and I call the the one the Hobbs and Shaw speed, which is just, I, I just enjoyed it. And I, I just, I, I don't need to defend it or understand why. Yeah. I just shut my brain off and I was long for the ride. And the other one, I think, is the Clint Jones speed, where I appreciate the artistic nature of filmmaking and and look for something to do something different. And it's the same reason why I still love Force Awakens and everybody else is souring on it. Yeah. I don't care if it repeats plot points. I just it's fun. I don't know. Yeah. I am I like that with some things, but I'm mostly in Clint Jones mode. All right. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm I'm sorry I recommended this. No, I don't I, don't I honestly <laughs> did not care about it that much. And like it didn't like it didn't offend me in as much as I'm making it out to. I think I'm being a little dramatic. Okay. All right. Well, it's okay. I'll make you some cocoa <laughs> after this episode and I think I just we'll want to react like that just to see how you would react to me freaking out about this. You you have to be able to read my face when you were unloading all that. I'm just looking at you with like a little kid. Like, what? Dad doesn't like the movie? Why? <laughs> All right. I'm glad you liked it. I did. I, I really liked it. Yeah. I thought it was just Instagram because uh, I had on Instagram I had highlighted Ghostbusters and half the comments people love this movie and half the comments people just think it's the worst thing ever. I don't think it's the worst um, thing ever. I just so it was just it was I I don't know. Yeah. Didn't think that would infect us here, but Man. All right. Well, our next movie uh, is No Time to Die. This is the the latest James Bond flick, and uh, it opens with James Bond enjoying a tranquil life in Jamaica after leaving active service. However, his peace is short-lived as his old CIA friend, Felix Leiter, shows up and asks for help. Uh, and then all kinds of stuff happens with a kidnapped scientist and a big bad villain played by Rami Malek. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's very Bondy. Clint, what did you think of No Time to Die? 
I love this movie. I, th- I thought it was great. I'm, I'm a big fan of the Daniel Craig uh, series yeah. of Bond movies. Um, they're a lot of fun, and they I think, hit a good balance between that fun and yeah. They have enough like enough of the Bond cheesiness around yeah. the perimeter of it that it works. Like, I, and I think Daniel Craig is really great as the almost super serious uh, Bond in the middle of all that. Um, this one, I I I think it wraps up the the Craig years really well. And Which I guess this is the fifth of those, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, I was expecting to, I don't know, I maybe because just COVID, I kind of lost track of this one because it, it was supposed to come out, I don't know, two years ago or whatever, um, or a year ago. And so I was, I was like, oh, oh I want to see it. I, 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 I wasn't sure how I'd feel about it, but I, I think it wrapped everything up really well. I think it did um, some new interesting things. I really like where they've taken like the female characters yeah. in in the series. Like, um, what's her name? They, um, they have a Anna lot of Amos, like yeah. where she shows up for just a minute. A lot of fun, and like you don't ex- like. I just didn't ex- like. I I know her as an actress, and like she's always great. But it's like, oh, I, I didn't know where it was going, and then she just shows up for a minute, and she's like a badass, <laughs> and it's so cool. Like such one of the coolest uh, set pieces of the thing, and then she's just like, oh, bye, okay, see you later, and yeah. then like she never shows up again. They've done a lot more interesting things than like the past bonds with like. The uh, romantic uh, characters are not just like uh, one interchangeable night, one night flings. Yeah. They're here and gone, and he has his way with them. It's just it's more uh, emotional ties that he forms mm-hmm. with them, and uh, that I like that they've carried that through the films, and it's made it feel like a contained um, story rather than these um, standalone films. Yeah. I think. Even though they're there's they're great standalone stories in the, in their own right, but they I like how they link them together. So, what did you think about it? I I also I really enjoyed it. This is probably my second favorite of the the Craig Bonds. Yeah, I think I still like Skyfall a little bit better. Okay, um, but you know this is this is kind of uh, neck and neck with that one. I mm-hmm. I just really enjoyed it. I like the finality of it is the wrong word, but just that it wraps things up. Yeah, and yeah. It, it feels like a complete cohesive story mm-hmm. when you look at the five films, and and I appreciate that it's not left on some sort of cliffhanger where now we're just going to have some other actor and they'll just be the same person. Uh, it you really get the sense that oh, okay, this is the end of the story, and now we're going to do something new for the next Bond flick. Yeah, I'm curious um, what that means. I, I am too. I I just I appreciated that this had closure to it. That it that it yeah. came kind of full circle. I, I never like that. minded that where like another character. It just always kind of it kind of felt fun to me that like yeah. another character just takes up the mantle. And yeah. uh, um, so I'm interested to see how they kind of play that now. I suspect they might do that exact thing, uh, which is a big fan theory that there are different bonds. They just all have that same code name. Uh, yeah, but I never uh, thought Bond was the code name. It was. And 007, yeah. the fan theory was, so is the the name James Bond. This one gives him much more of a childhood origin with I that know, that's name. what I mean. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think they're going to go that route, but I, I think they may do something. They've really got a good handle on the action in this. Mm-hmm. It is not uh, John Wick crazy. 
Um, no. It still feels grounded. Yeah. But it also has enough Bond flair that it's fun. Mm-hmm. And that's the word I keep coming back to. You said it. I think that was the first first real thing you said when you were talking about your reaction to it. It's it's fun. Yeah. And it's it's got a little bit of a slow start, but I think that slow start is important so that all the fun action that follows has weight and stakes. Yeah. And you actually care that he's trying to save the girl. You care that you know he's wrapped up in this this drama that in, that involves this girl and this kid and this villain. And um it just gives him more reason to put his life on the line and run into the next fire. Yeah, I well I never even those moments where it's like just character and slow, I never feel it's slow because yeah. I I am so I really enjoy Daniel Craig's performance and all the characters around him yeah. in this um iteration of it. So it never feels slow to me in those moments. It's just like I I am enjoying taking in these characters and being with them and them giving me the plot points I need to care about what's happening further in the action and it um yeah, I never lags for me. I, and I, and I think that's one of the things I appreciated about the Daniel Craig Bond flicks is especially the Pierce Brosnan ones. It it almost felt like action scene, action scene, action scene. And the plot was pretty threadbare just to get you to the different action set pieces. Yeah. And this feels like the reverse of that. This feels like it has a real story. It has a story to tell. And the action scenes propel that story mm-hmm. in a natural way. Yeah. Um, you still get lots of locations and vehicles and gadgets and all that sort of bondy flair, but it it doesn't feel forced. Right. It feels much more natural for like why we're in this setting yeah. all of a sudden. Like yeah. it, uh, it never feels like just for the sake of showing off some um, uh, exotic place. Yeah. This made me go back and I um, started from the beginning of uh, with uh, Casino Royale and then I think I, I've only got up to Quantum of Solace or, mm-hmm. um, so far, but it was fun rewatching Quantum of Solace because I remember at the time it was, I felt kind of disappointed by it, but after watching it, like right after uh, Casino Royale, it mm-hmm. worked for me so much better. Yeah. Like those two together work really well. I think that was still because it largely was panned. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's because people weren't realizing yet that this is a bigger story that's being told. Yeah. That yeah. these aren't episodic. Right. Uh, like they used to be. Yeah, yeah. And I so, think that was throwing people off. Yeah. Maybe in that way, it's one of the we- weaker ones because it it it, t- it is so tied to like Casino Royale and mm-hmm. where, the, where the series goes. Um, but in the whole, it, it works really well. And um, I'm looking forward to go through the rest of them. Yeah. And this is to give you a few bonus points on your Ghostbusters analysis. <laughs> Objectively, uh, this this is nostalgia the biggest done. Biggest eye roll. <laughs> Sorry, this is nostalgia done much more subtly, yeah. and and I think in a way that's that's more crowd pleasing because if you are not an old James Bond fan and you're not familiar with the nostalgia points, you don't even realize you're missing something. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, my my Bond experience essentially goes back through Pierce Brosnan. I've watched some of the older ones since then, but it's not like I had some great love from childhood of them. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, and so in this one, I can I can tell the elements, the cars and different things where, mm-hmm. okay, that's a throwback to From Russia with Love and, uh, you know, this, that and the other. But I don't have an emotional connection to it, but it doesn't bother me uh, because it's not done in a way that draws central attention to it. Well, the entire movie is not based around trying to emulate a certain feeling from yeah. a certain time period of filmmaking. Yeah, story is first. Yeah, there's, I, they're I just I like will, little Easter eggs. Yeah, and I, I will say that about the Ghostbusters movie. It is definitely trying to evoke Spielberg and Ghostbusters. It's much more of that, much more of that evoking other things than being itself or yeah. being something new or... Um, you know, even if it wanted to forge a, a Spielberg path, um, I, I, I get what you're saying there. I'm still hung up on Ghostbusters. Apparently, <laughs> whatever. I still love Ghostbusters. No, also, you can. I'm not really saying you should. No Time to Die, and so I, I need to watch it again. Um, but I just, it, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I will once I get through the rest of them. I'll rewatch that at the end uh, and uh, see how it all plays together. Yeah, but I'm I was curious your thoughts once you've finished that full run through. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm already happy that I've enjoyed Quantum of Solace because I always looked back on that one as a little dark point. In mm-hmm. the, but I was like, no, it's like there's some great action sequence, like just as good as any of the other ones. The And the story is interesting. And um, I mean, it could have another half hour just – but that's just me being like greedy at that yeah. point because I just want to see more of Daniel Craig as Bond. But yeah. um, Well, and this one is longer than the other ones. And it yeah. felt like they were – they were a little more uh, at ease on on letting it be a longer film. And I'm curious if that's because of the COVID delays. So by the time this thing hit theaters, there's not a lot of competition out there. Mm-hmm. And so I, I almost wonder, would this have been a, in normal times, you know, cut to 210 or something like that? Was this like 230? 230, I yeah. think. And so, you know, are we almost getting a, a director's cut, a well-done one, but but it did feel like it had more things in there that typically a studio would have really pushed to to cut out of there. I feel like Skyfall was pretty long. Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, I thought those were— You might be right. Yeah, I might be wrong. I don't know. Might be wrong. We might be dead. This we is all be. just a— <sighs> Anyway— <laughs> That was the really dark side. (laughs) Whoa. That made me feel like maybe we are dead. All right. Our our third movie is Arctic uh, from the director of of Stowaway that we talked about before, Joe Penna. And this stars Mads Mikkelsen as a man stranded in the Arctic after an airplane crash. And he's got to decide whether to remain in the relative safety of his makeshift camp or embark on a deadly trek through the unknown in hopes of making it out alive. Uh, Clint, this was our Cinetron pick. What did you think of Arctic? Um, well, I, I I really like this movie, actually. I, I, I really enjoy anytime a movie can do more just showing rather than telling. Um, I don't know if it's just the visual side of me. Like, I learn better that way or I can take in the information better and not a lot of dialogue to follow. Um, but I I thought Mads really carried this film. Um, maybe with a lesser actor, it wouldn't have been as interesting. But... Um, There's something about his face. He does a really good job with kind of micro expressions. Yeah. And he's one of those actors, you you almost get a sense of what he's thinking. Mm-hmm. When you're just watching his face. And so I think that lets a director just throw a close up on the screen and let 
him work as an actor. Yeah. Yeah. I also, it was fun seeing him in a more vulnerable role. Um, I think, what was that movie, the Riders of Justice or that one? It was kind of, he was like that at moments in that too. But this one, um, just him like at the will of nature and not like in command, like was interesting. And it was um, fun to see him in that mode. I, I don't think it was a perfect film. I, I did like the, um, the the how they just drop you into it. Yeah. They didn't have the need to show you the plane crashing and him like trying to make the best out of it from the beginning of it. It was more him in the middle of being there for a while. I, I enjoyed that um, structure of it. I, I think the helicopter crash was a little comical. And you know, I was starting to get feelings of... Um, a stowaway at moments where it felt like a little uh, nihilistic mm-hmm. and like this is not like it, it all is going to crap and nothing is going to go well for this character and um, don't plan on seeing this guy survive. Um, but it, it kind of gets away from that and uh, it wins me back by the end. So yeah. what do you think? I, I enjoyed it too. I, I kept thinking of Robert Redford and All is Lost. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that's a, a stronger film. I think and, I like this um, a little bit more than that one. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I, I think um, this one, it's it's very good. I like, I like Mads as an actor. I like his performance here. And I think anybody that can do this much when they don't have other mm-hmm. actors to interact with, I yeah. think that's always impressive because it requires so much more. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have more control, but you have less to play off of. Right. And so much of this is is forcing his performance to tell the story Yeah. Uh, because he doesn't have people he can really sit there and talk with. Mm-hmm. And so unless you're going to have some guy rambling to himself uh, full exposition— my only complaint was that he didn't befriend any kind of sports equipment. <laughs> like yeah, nothing. Yeah, yeah. And so no volleyball, no. No, I was I think that was a missed opportunity. I do, I do. I think that really would have grounded it in reality. Because yeah. you know, that's what people in crisis do. Yep. Turn a hockey stick into a very tall friend. <laughs> well, not um, that tall. No. No, I, the only thing, and, and all is lost, and that's the the big reason I bring it up is because I want to compare the two endings. Um, it does the exact same thing where I feel like it really pushes to the edge of there's no hope. Yeah. And then it just sort of at the very tail end, I'm like, yeah, it's all fine. Yeah. And I, I, I don't know what I think, and yeah. I don't know what I want. Mm-hmm. I would almost rather see somebody, um, you know, make their way out of uh, the middle of nowhere and just see a cabin on the horizon mm-hmm. uh, with smoke coming out of the chimney kind of thing. Just the idea that you have rescued yourself. Yeah. I was waiting for, um, like, he finally reaches the observatory or whatever yeah. uh, on his own. Yeah. yeah, And and so it's it's that sort of... Uh, it, it always feels dissatisfying to me when there's a rescue craft or a helicopter in this case yeah. or, a, you know, something that's like, here it is. It's it's almost, you know, God in the machine. Yeah. Uh, here they come to save the day kind of thing. And I, I get it. It's a, it's a survival tale. But... Um, 
you know, I always I go back to the edge with Anthony Hopkins. Like that man walks out of the woods, <laughs> uh, bear dead. Mm-hmm. You know, carrying. No, he's not even carrying dead Alec Baldwin. <laughs> Alec Baldwin's just dead, and Anthony Hopkins walks out and just, uh, you know, yeah, drops drops some info on his wife. I know you're cheating. And just walks right Never into that seen cabin. This movie, so I'm really trying really? to feel. Yeah. Oh, I thought you'd seen the edge. No. The edge is great. Edge what is... you just said does not sound great. <laughs> no. So to me, the edge is the pinnacle of the surviving the wilderness yeah. uh, genre. That and the revenant. And um, the edge is. Oh, you got to watch the edge. I gotta. I gotta send you home with the edge. <laughs> okay. Uh, it's it's a little dated, but not much. Hmm. Not much. Only in its bare effects. Um, You'll be like, man, when that bear attacks, this is not the revenant. But uh, it's it's not bad. It's just you know. I will say that I the bear in this was good. Yeah, yeah. That, like I'm, I think that was a real bear. But it was cool that how they made that scene work. It was cool. I you know. <laughs> I just, wow. <laughs> I I enjoyed this. I enjoyed it because of Matt. Because of Mads Mikkelsen. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know that I would have enjoyed this as a movie um, without a, a really strong performance. And, you know, maybe that's enough. I don't know why I'm not uh, – why there's, in my brain. There's but, so many movies just based on a great performance. I know. I yeah. know. I know. I think I think the thing is I watched this after the second time I watched Ghostbusters. And I was just so full of life <laughs> and excitement and love and – you know, I wanted a stronger relationship with my son because, mm, mm-hmm. and then, you know, I just watched some guy wander around the Arctic and it hurt my heart he didn't a little. just wander around. <laughs> he was surviving. I know. I know. I was just trying to find a way to bring Ghostbusters back up in the conversation because I'm still a little. I, I'm fine that you like the movie. I told you at the beginning of this episode that people have died this week, Clint. People that were important <laughs> to me. And then I, I just I've thought, never heard you mention either of those people <laughs> that you brought up that you were such big fans of either. You're always talking about Bob Saget. <laughs> you know how I love Full House and Golden Girls, Clint. Yeah. And sneakers. Sneakers. Yeah. You did bring up sneakers, yes. I did. I did bring up sneakers. Uh, anyway, so uh, Ghostbusters, if you love nostalgia in a bag, uh, you'll enjoy it. If if you're just a cynic, I guess you won't. <laughs> <laughs> no time to die. Clint and I both had a really good time with, uh, a lot of fun and a lot of good drama, too, and a really good end to the Daniel Craig Bond saga. And then Arctic is a is a solid uh, a survival flick. I think Clint liked it a little bit more, but I probably undersold it. I, I was really kind of riveted the whole time. I yeah, think just the ending we might be about even on it. Turned me off a little. I might just be... Speaking a little bit more enthusiastically about it, but I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was good, mainly for Mads, like you said. I, you know, slight spoilers. Love when that coat gets set on fire. That was fun. The coat, the coat. Uh, yeah, you know. But then the helicopter appears, then disappears, and I'm like, good, good. Let your Freeze coat burn. Freeze to death. Freeze to death. <laughs> Roll credits. No <laughs> helicopter lands. I mean, if he had made this after Stowaway, maybe he's. Going Maybe. a little bit more nihilistic. It's a little soft. Yeah. 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 This was better than Stowaway. Well, another, if you, I, I, after immediately after watching this, I watched this. Sorry, this is a toe back into what you watch in for a second. 
I watched this movie called The Alpinist, this documentary. I've watched uh, the trailer for that. Yeah. It's worth watching. Okay. Um, I still do not understand why people tend to uh, climb mountains like that. No clue. No clue. It's, uh, it's Yeah. If you enjoy rock climbing, more more power to you. But I just – I look at that and instantly just why? Why would you at do that? At least use a rope. <laughs> These people don't use ropes. Yeah. Yeah, just because they can, Clint. Uh, Should they, though? No. No. No, They shouldn't. That's a sign of severe mental illness, I think, my opinion. Not a doctor. (laughs) (laughs) I could do a big spoiler on this one, but I'll I'll refrain because... (laughs) Okay. So mental illness is there. Okay. Well. Interesting. hmm. This one goes as well as it could go, Ken. (laughs) Let's just say that. Okay. It goes where you think a mountain climbing movie might go. Oh, okay. Because usually mountain climbing movies don't go in that direction. So it's good. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll have to check it out. Uh, so, yeah. Are we ready for our next Cinetron pick? Now, our next episode is going to be kind of our best of 2021. Yeah. Do you want to go ahead and spin Cinetron so we have something for the episode after that? Or do you want to spin Cinetron? How about we do it at the end of that one? Okay. So, yeah, I guess this is the end. (laughs) (laughs) It's very anticlimactic. (laughs) Man, all right. Do you want to, like, add any other movies to that 100 movie list that you had at the beginning that you watched? I have watched other things. (laughs) (laughs) Give us one. Um, I don't, uh, off the top of my head, every time I watch something, I, what? They must have been memorable. (laughs) Yeah, every time I watch something, I jot it my... My little notepad on my phone if I want to mention it. And I realized as the list was growing, like, man, the list is growing. Are you watching Discovery? Uh, Trying to. Yeah. But my wife wants to watch it. My son wants to watch it. And trying to get all three of these human beings, Mm -hmm. myself included, to sit down at the same time and want to watch the same thing is a nightmare. And I'm really on the verge. Like, there's only so much MasterChef reruns I can watch. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure I'm on the verge of just watching the thing myself because yeah. it's killing me that episodes are ticking by and I'm not watching them. Yeah. So uh, Picard had a major shutdown for COVID. Oh, really? Uh, they had a huge outbreak. Outbreak. Oh, outbreak. <laughs> well, you got to when you have an 80-year-old man at the helm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but apparently everybody on that set, but they already started back up. So okay. I guess it, it burned through the entire Picard crew pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. <laughs> I just I don't know. Well, now this this is anticlimactic. So this Sometimes has been you just need that anticlimactic. Yeah. Okay. This has been a very anticlimactic episode of Cinebabble. <laughs> this has been Cinebabble episode forty six. Uh, we will be back next time with our best of twenty twenty one. I believe Clint and I are going to possibly brave COVID and see the very last film that we need to see, which is Licorice Pizza. Uh, we'll see. Um, Clint may be braver on me, or braver on that one than I am. I don't know. Uh, it's... I, I don't might, know it's might, just, might just be off the list for now. Yeah, I don't, we'll I have don't. him make him a little side note further mm-hmm. down the line and say, mm-hmm. oh, yep, that's number one now. It's a, it's at the mall, too. And have Ooh, to almost that's be, even extra dangerous. Yeah. I keep checking the the local theater uh, that's not the mall and no luck. Yeah. Hmm. So, I got to get on the ball. Yeah. But I think I think that's the only major film that I've wanted to see that I haven't seen this year. Yeah. Um, 
I think Macbeth technically counts as a 2021 movie. Yes, because it released in theaters in 2021. It's coming on Apple Plus here in a little while. I'm going to check it out. Um, But I would be very surprised if a Shakespeare adaptation, no matter how good it is, lands on my top 10. But I love Shakespeare, but he's been around long enough. He doesn't need to be on a top 10 in 2021. It's one of the Coens. I know. But that's all we're going to get from now on. Well, they broke up. They, it was a mutual. They broke up, Clint. He's doing his own thing now. I'm sure they are. I just, what are they, I, I, I don't approve. I'll, I'll take one Cohen anytime. I don't approve of this move. I don't understand Why do we it. need both Cohens? For Fargo 2. Fargo <laughs> 2, we got three or four series, seasons of that show. That's a great show. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, okay. I'm good with that. Will you tell me, you just uh-uh. give me a hint, is... Is Ghostbusters Afterlife on your best of? You can, okay, you can choose. (laughs) That face is hinting at maybe, but you don't have to say it. Do you remember when I told you that my top 10 list is going to be very different than your top 10 list? Warm and cuddly. It's it's a little more full of love. Yeah. uh, And less art. uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't fully finalized it. I will just say there are several films in the vein of Ghostbusters Afterlife, including Ghostbusters Afterlife, that are orbiting my top 10 list. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm, I'm really at odds with myself. I'm having tug of war with myself because I know what should be on that list, but I also know what I enjoyed the most this year. Ken, I got a great way for us to go out. Okay. Okay. Something that we didn't bring up that we went and saw together. Spider-Man. Oh, sure. Let's just continue to kick me while I'm down. Uh, <laughs> so this sure, Clint, why don't you Why don't you tell everybody what you thought of one of the greatest Spider-Man movies, one of the best comic book movies I've seen. Clint, how much did you enjoy Spider-Man? I like Spider-Man. And? I, <laughs> I like Spider-Man. No, as I did. As a person? As a... Um, I I did like it. I yeah. I, I might like I've been trying to like nail down what my problem with Marvel has been, and it's not that I have a problem with Marvel. It's just that like at the end of that last um, phase mm-hmm. of Marvel, I kind of just like stepped back a bit because I, I I feel like it was such a kind of like period on that. Mm-hmm. Um, that story. And so I just don't know exactly where it's going right now. So I haven't got that, um, that thing that grabbed me and want me to continue on with it. Um, that said, I, I, I did like the other Spider-Man films. So this was, I had a little bit of an easier time kind mm-hmm. of, um, enjoying because I was along for that story arc, um, I did like it. I I don't. Th- I definitely didn't like it as much as you did. Um, I didn't have any problems with it, but it just like there was something about it that just didn't like totally win me over. I think that um, I really liked what they did with the alternate universe mm-hmm. stuff and how they kind of gave those other storylines from those other Spider-Man movies, kind of another like life and a way to kind of finish their stories. It was a nice way to do that. Um, Especially the Andrew Garfield um, 
I guess that's a little bit of a spoiler that he shows up. Well, everybody knows at this point. Yeah, but what they do with him, and there's a key moment in it, I, yeah. I think was a really powerful, nice thing. And I've even seen him say like how he really appreciated being able to do that. Um, I think that was a really strong moment from it. Um, but I, I, I did enjoy it. Um, yeah. I, I'm glad I saw it. Yeah. I I realized watching it the second time, I if the second time I watched it was my first time, I don't know if I would have enjoyed it as much. Yeah. There was something I realized about the crowd I was in the first time mm. because the crowd I was in the first time uh, was having a blast with it. Okay. And the second time I saw it, it was a very quiet theater. Yeah, yeah. And there, there is something to be said about that communal feeling of you're, you're in an audience where people are laughing together and they're enjoying something together. And you can almost feel yourself enjoying something more because you can feel the mm -hmm. excitement in the air. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, who knows? I couldn't tell if the second time I'm watching it, okay, is it just because I'm familiar with the movie and I'm having a different experience or is it because of the the theater being so much more subdued than that that first go around. Yeah. And the the first theater wasn't they weren't annoying. It wasn't that sort of thing. It just it had that in-game feel of people just being excited and and enjoying something together. Yeah. Um and so I wonder how much of that because so much with with Marvel Comics was such a, a communal experience when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. I wonder how much that fuels my love of those movies. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to, you know, whether the movies themselves are really holding as much water as as I feel like they are. Yeah. Because I have so much wrapped up in and invested in these worlds and these characters, and and so it's it's instantly exciting. I I need less introductory time or less things being proven to me because, uh, you know, they could just suddenly the the entire. A uh, cast of characters of X-Men could have stepped out of the rift in Spider-Man No Way Home and I would have lost my mind. Would have been the worst possible thing <laughs> for yeah. that movie. Yeah. What a stupid development. What a stupid way to bring the X-Men into this universe. But I would have been like, oh, it's Wolverine, there's Cyclops, and oh, look, that's Cannonball. Oh, my goodness, they're even bringing in Cannonball. Um, I Yeah, I mean, I think uh, <laughs> a lot of what, the superhero genre of movies is is almost that just yeah. for fan service and that can be very detrimental to a good film <laughs> i will say that um you you keep saying that you think this is one of the greatest or the greatest super like superhero movie yes i, in, I, I don't in a way, think it's one of the best comic book adaptations yeah I, and there's a difference in my mind like the dark knight is a comic book adaptation to me yeah it is a movie that is attempting to create, a, you know, film as art. Yeah. It's it's not attempting to take the feeling of reading a comic book and, and splashing it on the screen. And in that way, I will—not that I am saying I enjoy it for this reason, but I will say I agree in the way that uh, what I see from comics is a lot of bringing all our— favorite characters, mm -hmm. seeing our characters together yeah. and bringing these separate storylines so we can see them all mashed together. And I think that this does that and mm -hmm. it does it well. Like it does it in a way that makes it make sense. Mm -hmm. And 
Um, it doesn't feel that, fo- I mean, it, it is in a way, it, it, but it's not that forced it's just for the sake of, I want to see all three Spider-Men together. Yeah. It, it feels like a, it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and in that way, I do agree. I think it pulls off something in comic book movies better than some, a lot of other comic book yeah. movies. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, that's where I'm coming from. I think I've really just separated the two. Yeah. Um, because there is the, I, I don't know that Marvel movies are going for, you know, an incredible Oscar winner. I, I think yeah, they would I don't. like that. They want to. I think that's why they tried Chloe um, uh, Zhao on <laughs> Eternals. I think they were really thinking yeah. we can do something different, but it it didn't gel as well with, with the Marvel formula mm-hmm. as I think they were hoping for. Um, and so I appreciate that they're going for that, but I... I don't know that there's ever going to be a Marvel movie that is The Dark Knight or Batman Begins or that type of movie. Yeah. Because those movies exist. They they didn't even connect to the Superman movies that they were putting out, uh, you know, almost at the same time. Right. And so they they weren't designed to be a part of a larger universe. These 100% are. Um, even the, the more standalone flicks, you can feel that they're – already plotting ahead and planning ahead to Shang-Chi, you know, fighting next to Spider-Man next go around or, right. or whatever they do. Uh, and then you factor the Disney Plus series into that too. And it just becomes this giant playground sandbox, uh, you know, arena kind of feeling. And that might be why I, so like I grabbed onto like Guardians mm-hmm. because there isn't any of that because yeah. it, the whole thing is its own world that, Slowly, I mean, now they could do that. But, but that, it, even then, it was still very periphery. It was just the connection was essentially Thanos. That was the only yeah. thing that united yeah, and them there, to and everything none else. None of those characters are introduced to each other at that point. So yeah. it wouldn't like mean anything at that point. But I mean, now they could do it. So that I didn't have to have in my head at the time. So it was just yeah. I could enjoy those characters as this its own thing. I think I think my only fear is that everything is going to get in-game syndrome of how many characters can we yeah. pack into this. Yeah. And um that's that's worrisome. I yeah. appreciate that on like a Shang-Chi, they're not packing in a bunch of other characters. Mm-hmm. Good. But they have yet to do and and really in recent memory, even Civil War, it's a Captain America movie, but it's got 12 main characters in it. Yeah. And so if if they don't slow down and let some of these more popular characters just have their own movie. And I'm curious, the Doctor Strange movie, is it really the thrust of it, a Doctor Strange movie that happens to have Wanda in it? Or is it just going to be Doctor Strange and the multiverse of cameos? And it's just going to be, you know, all kinds of alternate heroes popping up. Yeah. Um, Because that's going to get old. That'll almost get as old as the, you know, there's a giant world ending explosion CG filled battle at the end. Yeah. Well, I hope it's something like Winter Soldier where it was, um, uh, what's her name? Um, Uh, Black Widow. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Captain America. And that worked really well. So it may be something in. um, But that's that's an organic yeah. That makes sense to me. And I, I definitely get – I think it's really smart of them 
to pull uh, Scarlet Witch in with Doctor Strange because yeah. you're dealing with two magic characters. Right. So if they're doing that's something— That's an organic s- yeah. crossover right. to me. Yeah, yeah. E- exactly. Uh, and that's that's where it gets a little too comic booky because I remember when it would be, you know, the X-Men fighting uh, some giant villain like Onslaught and suddenly Captain America and Iron Man and all and Thor and all these guys show up because— there's some big bad, and you just—it's really just an excuse to pack all these characters into a For book sure. and increase sales. Yeah, exactly. And in game, it made sense, but I feel like it could easily turn into that when it doesn't make sense. For sure. So I hope they don't, but yeah. we'll see. Um, I don't care because the Batman comes out in March, so yeah. I'm down. I'm always up for Batman. Always That's up the for one thing that will always be my yep. uh, go-to for any comic book. And then Thor Love and Thunder comes out in July. Yeah. And so that should be, uh, I'm sure, that's going to be fun. Because even Taika Watiti is saying, I can't believe they let me make this yeah. <laughs> uh, unaltered. Yeah. And so I don't know what that movie is. But when your director <laughs> is saying, I cannot believe that this studio is letting me do this. Yeah. That sounds like fun to mm-hmm. me. Um, so, all right. Uh, well, this was a much better ending. Yeah. I apologize for doubting you. Well, this was a much better conversation. A lot of reasons to doubt me. So, Uh, well, after that Ghostbusters takedown, I just, (laughs) I don't know what's, I I just, I don't know. We're going to start taking your temperature every time you show up at the studio and just, you know. Not for COVID, just for that. No, just just, just to make sure you're not really hotheaded today and. You know, just fool yourself and ready to tear <laughs> apart somebody's nostalgia bag that they brought to school, bully. I was waiting for you to defend it. <laughs> I, I, what's what's funny is any other time if I was talking to somebody who liked it, I could have rattled off all the things I liked about it. But I, I felt almost schoolyard where it's like <laughs> you didn't like it. And I, I blanked and I couldn't think how to defend it because I was just so like, he, he doesn't like it. Why wouldn't he like it? Is something wrong with me? Uh, Honestly, just, I, I, I was a little little hot and okay. I uh, okay. I didn't care as much as I came off as caring. I, I forgive you. Yeah. I just, it, it warmed my heart. Give Ghostbusters 2 another shot. I will. I will definitely do that. Uh, ultimately, I think uh, I grew up in the early 80s, yeah. and this just tapped into that old feeling of of going to the theater and seeing E.T. and going to the theater. And admittedly, yes, I now see that those are all Spielberg things. But, uh, uh, you know, I was never allowed to watch Ghostbusters as a kid. So this I felt was going like to ask the, you that. No, because I, was, I, I wasn't either. I didn't get to see it until I was, I was probably in my 20s. Yeah, I was the same. And I finally got to see Ghostbusters because I just, once I moved out of my house, I went back through and just watched yeah. all the stuff that I wasn't allowed mm-hmm. to. Um, so I think it had a different kind of nostalgia for me. Yeah. Um, whereas this felt much more. Anyway, we can talk about this all day. <laughs> this has been episode 46 of Cinebabble. I hope you enjoyed this ending better than our first ending. I certainly did. Uh, you can find us as always. Kind of like old uh, Henry. What was that movie? Old, uh, what was the old Henry that you brought up? Old Henry the Western? Yeah. Where you said that had two endings. Yeah, but not like this. Oh. This was a good second ending. Old Henry doesn't have two (laughs) endings. Old Henry has a definitive ending, but then it just has one more little plot point for closure. Like we just did. Like we just did. But but it feels much more unnecessary than what we did. We we just changed cinema. We we had a, a deep understanding of cinema. each other. 
we have a deeper understanding of movies hmm. and comic books, and I'm feeling good. Part of me feels like cinema has been unchanged by any of this. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can find us on Cinebabblecast.com, and uh, you can find us on Instagram, at Cinebabble. And if you search for Cinebabble and some other uh, uh, site pops up, because there's this guy that keeps trying to clone our Instagram page mm-hmm. and has our, our picture and everything, and I keep reporting him, but he keeps reappearing. That happened to my wife. It's making me real mad. I report him angrily every time. As if, and they take him down, but I, I, I don't know. Yeah. It's not good enough. Man, if you can find us on Instagram, that is... <laughs> there should be one of us. We have almost a thousand posts now. That's us. Whoever this other imposter is, don't believe it. Uh, or you can check out our website and hear all the latest. Uh, so, yeah. That's it. Yeah. Episode 46. Next time, we'll be back with the best of 2021. We shall. And we will see how different these lists are. <laughs> They're going to be... I'm telling you. I believe you. I'm telling you. Yeah. <laughs> see you, Ken. See you, Clint.